Hello and welcome again to Faith Fire Media. I'm your host, Frank Mickens, and it is a privilege and honor and a pleasure to be back with you this week. And there is a word from the Lord, and it is simply this, the word famine, famine. And that word can make you shudder, but I want to calm your spirit now. There's no reason to be afraid. It is a a season to be serious and sober. So please stick through this entire message, please, because this is a word from the Lord. He's trying to be exalted in your life. He doesn't want you to be afraid and running and screaming and telling everyone, oh my gosh, that's not it. But he does want to protect his people. He wants you to be prepared and he wants you to know why you're being allowed to go through a famine season. And this for the this is for the entire world. There will be a, a global famine event. Okay, so just bear with me. It's going to be okay. This is a ministry of Faith Fire Worldwide Revival Ministries. If it is your first time joining us, God bless you. I'm so glad to have you. You can find out more about our ministry at faithfireworldwide.com. We are a very prophetic ministry. Our mission is simply this, to fan the flame of revival around the world. And we do that in two ways. We speak the truth of God's word to his people, to bring his people together in Christ. And we also preach the gospel to those who don't know him. It's all about knowing him. And we praise God for you joining us for this particular episode of Faith Fire Media. And it is a prophetic word, and, and it was out of prayer that this has been birthed, and it has been through dreams the Lord has revealed me, and I've been praying and seeking the Lord over quite some time, dating back to last year, the middle of last year, I began to start seeing things that indicated shortages. And we saw some of those already, but I believe the Lord is saying to me, it's time to prepare you for what is coming, what is coming in the future. So in this particular day where I felt the Lord was really saying, okay, Frank, it's time to release this. I was in prayer. I had been in worship ministering to the Lord, and I just kept hearing the word famine over and over and over. And I knew it was the Lord getting my attention, not because he wanted me to be afraid, but he was saying, okay, Frank, it's time to announce this. It's time to get the word out to the people of God. Why? Because he doesn't want you to perish. Amen. The Bible records that God's desire is that none would perish. It's not to kill you. It's to bring you closer to the Lord. Amen. To know him better, to know his attributes. So I heard it over and over. And in another dream, I saw a tornado and the tornado was impacting several homes as far as my eye could see. And it was approaching our home. And I knew that I had to take steps to protect our family. And so this is a preparation season. There is going to be sudden swift changes in the economic structure in our economy, things that have been in progress over the past several months and things are going to beginning, begin to take or come to a head, I guess I could, I could say. So the Lord showed me over the course of several dreams, and I don't need to go into the, the details, that the stock market was going to be unstable and there were going to be some, some shutters and some ripple effects throughout the economy. Now, during this season of time, the people of God are going to be asked to abide by kingdom economics. Kingdom economics. That means give the Lord your first 10%. The Bible records in the book of 1 Kings that the man of God, Elijah, went to a woman in the middle of a famine and he said to her, give me, to, give me first what you have. And she had very little left. And then he said, save the rest for yourself. And the Bible records that her oil did not run out and her flour did not run dry. The Bible is showing us that the people of God don't need to be afraid during a famine. But we do need to know why there is a famine. And we need to be praying for the mercy of God to be exposed during the famine because God's mercies, 
Those are what keep us from being consumed. And God's mercies, his kindness, that is what brings people to repentance. And that's what God is after. He wants to expose the things in our lives that need to be let go so that we can make him the center of our lives. And that includes believers and unbelievers, not just unbelievers. Amen. So I want to tell you this, that the enemy, and I saw saw this in a dream uh, about two weeks ago, the Lord showed me the enemy. And it wasn't Satan himself, but one of his devils. And this particular devil had a bag, a large bag, and the bag was a bag of fear. So the enemy wants you to be afraid, okay? That's the plan here. The enemy is being allowed to do certain things in the land, but the enemy's desire is to make you afraid. And fear has torment, says the word of God. That's what the book of 1 John teaches us. And I want to go there because perfect love casts out fear. Glory to God. Let's go there. First John 4, 18. The Bible records in this particular verse, there is no fear in love. And we know God is love. So if we're in him, Bible says in Psalm 91, whoever dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under his what? Shadow, under the shadow of the almighty. He has all the power. Jesus says, I've been given all power of heaven and earth. It's in my hands. And so he sends us in his authority and he's teaching us to begin to legislate his authority in our own lives, in our own spheres of influence for his glory. So 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. And that's what the enemy's plan is with this bag of fear, to torment you. It says, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Wow. So now we see the the exposure of God's plan for you to be made perfect in love. The word of God says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking always for the mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is teaching us that in him we have all that we need. What does he say? That he will supply all of your needs according to his riches in where? Glory. It's in him. It's in his majesty, in his splendor, in his beauty, in his holiness, in the weightiness of who God is, is everything that you need. And he wants to bring those things into your life, not just in your mind and your thinking. He wants those things to be manifest in your life. So the wilderness season or the famine is a place where the people of God learn the presence of God. If you think about the book of Exodus, the book of Numbers, amen, the book of Leviticus, the book of Joshua, the people of God were being organized around what? The glory of God, the tabernacle. The Bible showed us that Moses, he really exposed the purpose of God being among his people, that we would go to him every single day for all that we need, because he went to God so much so that his physical person changed. His face became like light. Glory to God. He was being transformed into more and more of an image of God himself, who is light. And so we're being invited to let go of the things that don't matter and pick up fresh manna every day. Glory to God. And let the Lord feed you from his abundance. The Bible says he poured out quail to the point where the people ate so much it would make them sick. Glory to God. It was after Moses even asked the Lord, how are you going to feed all of these people? And the Lord said, I'm going to bless them so much they're going to be asking me to stop. Hallelujah. And I want you to say this out loud right now. I prophesy to you. Say, I will have no lack. Come on. Say, I will have no lack. Glory to God. You're going to see some people that are afraid. You're going to need to encourage some people to to lean on the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding. That's the call. And then he says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. The Lord's serious about that. He wants to bring you to a place where you give him everything. You trust him with everything, even in the midst of a famine. Glory to God. Listen, I don't need to go into what the famine's going to look like. I'm going into what the purpose is. It's for you to lean heavier on God, to make sure you tie that first 10%. Give God your first and best. 10%. Don't wait till the end of the month. Give the first. The woman of God, the widow, thought she was lost. She thought she was left for dead. Even she and her son, she says, we're just going to die. We're going to eat what we have left and die. And the man of God came to change her mindset and said, no, what you have is more than enough. Just give it to me first. He represented Jesus Christ. He said, give it to me first. The man of God, give it to God first. She gave him his portion first. Give the Lord his portion first. And watch the breakthrough of the anointing. Malachi 3 says that we can rob God of tithes and offerings. If you're not giving God that which is his, there, the Bible says there is a curse upon the land. So I believe one of the reasons why the famine's even coming is because the body of Christ is not tithing. The statistics show that less than 5% of people who are churchgoers, who call themselves fellowship, uh, people of fellowship with Jesus, do not tithe their 10%, 3%, 4%. That leaves more than 95% of the church not tithing. What happens? A curse on the land. Listen to me. Anything you see happening in the earth, it's the church's fault because judgment begins at the house of God. And we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth and we have the preservation power if we're walking in our authority and perfect obedience and service to God. So all the ills of this world, those are the things we're supposed to deal with. What was the order to Adam? He said, dress the land and keep it. Come on. He said, take dominion of, over the land. I've given it to you and he still has given it to us and we've messed up. With the fall, the whole thing fell apart. But now God's redeeming, redeeming. What is he doing? Bringing us to himself. And so in this famine season, it's not for you to say, woe is me, I don't have enough. It's for you to give to God and trust him. He says, test me in this and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and do what? Pour you out a blessing that you won't have room to receive it. See, kingdom economics is where we should have already been. But God's going to allow a wilderness season, a famine, to bring us into alignment with his heart so we can what experience the blessing. It's not to kill you. It's to bring you into the blessing. Glory to God. The Bible says that we have access to peace that passes all understanding, to keep our heart and our minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus. It's all about him. And so we have to surrender even in a famine, especially in a famine. The Bible records the man of God, Elisha, proclaimed a famine. And the Lord said, I'm going to send you out into the famine. I'm going to cause ravens to feed you. And he sent him to a place called Cherith, the brook Cherith. That word literally means covenant. Come on, somebody. And we know our God is a God of covenant and he doesn't break his covenant. In fact, he swore above the name of all names. He swore above every other name on the covenant. He said he swore by himself that we would be blessed to be a blessing. Glory to God. So there's an adjoint. This is what I need to, you to hear. There's a Joseph anointing that is going to come into the earth. There are people that are going to be brought into, into systems. And this is part of the evangelistic effort to awaken the world. God's going to put Joseph anointing on people to go into sectors of government, sectors of education, sectors of all over 
the, the systems of this world to bring wisdom and knowledge and insight during the famine. What did Joseph do? Speak, Holy Ghost. He told Pharaoh, the man who ruled the known world at that time for people that lived in Mesopotamia. And he said, listen, you're going to see famine for six years. Glory to God. And you need to store it up. Come on, Holy Ghost. And while you store it up, glory to Jesus, you need to be preparing for trade. Don't trade now. See, he went totally anti-economics. He said, I know you've got an abundance now and you want to trade it to get more. No, store it up. Save it. Glory to God. Don't earn on it. Glory to Jesus. Now, some people would say that's absolutely crazy that you're not going to take what you can get now. No, Kingdom economics says you go to God for understanding. Speak Holy Ghost. And so I want to encourage you that the Joseph anointing is an anointing that you might have in your sphere to speak into the hearts of people who just don't understand what to do. And you're going to get insight from God. You need to be seeking the Lord. Why? So that you can get the word of the Lord for people in your sphere, your family. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's go there. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Genesis 41, 17, behold, in my dream, I stood on the bank of a river and suddenly seven cows came up out of the river, fine looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. And then behold, seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and gaunt, such ugliness as I've never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the gaunt and ugly cows ate up the first seven, the fat cows. When they had eaten them up, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were just as ugly as at the beginning. So I awoke. And then Joseph said, the seven good cows are seven years and the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven thin and ugly cows which came up after them are seven years and the seven empty heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. And he says, this is the thing which I've spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. The Lord said to me that he's going to be showing people ahead of time that this is coming. Even the economists are going to be getting some insight, but they're not going to know what to do. They're, they're going to need the Josephs, the people with a prophetic word, the people with the word of wisdom to come and say what we need to do. Glory to God. He said in verse 29 of Genesis 41, indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, seven years of famine will arise and all of the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt and the famine will deplete the land. So then he comes and gives him the wisdom of God. Let him appoint, he said, let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint officers over the land to collect one fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years and let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Glory to God. It says that the food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. So you're telling me, collect one fifth of the produce and live off of that. Glory to God. Some folks would have thought it was absolutely crazy, but Joseph had insight from God. And all of this was to preach to the same system that God was trying to preach to later in Exodus when Pharaoh wouldn't bow down. So this Pharaoh at least took the wisdom. He never bowed to God and came to God. It's all evangelistic, but at least lives were preserved. 
and mercy, right? Endured because his mercy endures forever. All of this, you're going to, in all of this, you're going to see God's tender mercies. The people who are hearing God's voice are going to hear the mercies of God. They're going to see the mercies of God. So Frank, what are you getting at? Well, let me tell you, God wants to deliver us from the wisdom of this age. Listen to me. He wants to deliver you from the wisdom of this age. We live in what people call the post-Christian era where humanism is reigning. I can do whatever I want. When the Bible says I can do all things through Christ. So it's an antichrist world. Always has been. Bible says that there are many antichrists that are already here. People who are opposing Christ. They try to exalt themselves above the knowledge of God with their philosophies, with their intellect, with their discoveries. They try to make it uh, people centered, not God centered. God wants to deliver us from the wisdom of this age and replace it with the hidden wisdom of the kingdom of God. Glory to Jesus. Why? So that we can learn to trust him and get to know him better. It's all about intimacy. I heard in my spirit one morning, I heard the voice of the Lord. He just said fellowship. That's God's heart. He wants to fellowship with you. In Revelation, what is it? Jesus says, I'm standing at the door and I knock. Whoever opens up to me, I will come in and dine with him. The Lord wants you to live a life every day where you're dining with him. You're enjoying his presence. You're getting a meal in his presence. Glory to God. Those, those meals are blessings. You're supposed to live a blessed life, an abundant life. The Bible says that he will set a table before you in the presence of your enemies, that your cup runs over. Glory to God. And that is the point of being a child, a son and a daughter. And I want to stop here. If you are not a child of God and you know you've just you just plugged into this podcast because you might have heard my name or someone gave it to you. If you don't know Jesus, all you've got to do to get certainty that you have eternal life and that you have fellowship with the father, your your heavenly father, not your earthly father, and that you can access true peace and love and joy and not be dissatisfied and grow in your faith, which will bring you into a higher level of thinking so that your environment doesn't take over. A lot of people are dealing with mental health, mental health crises because their environment is what they pay attention to. But God wants you to pay attention to him, to know his voice, to be led as one of his people. And if that's you, just say, Lord Jesus, I want you in my heart right now. Come into my heart. I give it all to you. I know that you died on the cross. You rose on the third day. You are alive today. Make an intercession for me. Come into my life and take over. He's there right now. And the angels are applauding and praising and singing praises to God over your arrival right now because you are the gift that Jesus asked for before he came to earth to die for your sins. He wanted you. You're the best gift, the best gift God could ever give Jesus. Amen. Yes, you are his inheritance. So listen to this. It's about intimacy and nearness and closeness and fellowship and communion. A famine is about that. It's supposed to bring us back to the first love, to the foundation. We, we let go of all that stuff that we can't even get anymore. And we now come to the Lord and he becomes our overflow. He becomes our supply. He becomes the God of more than enough. Glory to God. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to begin at verse 4 and then we're going to get out of here. It says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Listen to me. God doesn't want you to rely on human wisdom. He wants you to see the power of the spirit in your life. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. See, 
There is a wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. These things of this earth are not eternal. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, for us to enjoy, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Listen, the kingdom of God is hidden. But you access it by faith. And so in a family, you're going to have many opportunities to see the power of God. And I, I just encourage you and I'm going to pray for you. I encourage you to lean not on your own understanding and don't fall for the bag of fear. That bag of fear in my dream actually was a bag of fear and tricks. The enemy wants to trick you into being afraid. Don't fall for it. Trust in the Lord. Don't trust in the stock market. Trust in the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to, uh, I've got to do part two. I'm going to have to do part two. I'm going to wrap up now and uh, we'll do famine part two. So be here next week. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we have no fear in your love because your perfect love casts out fear. Fear has torment and there is no torment in you, God. You are a God of blessing. You're a God of promise. You are a God of covenant. You will feed us any way that you see fit, but we will be fed. Your word says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Hallelujah. God, we look forward to the opportunity for you to show yourself mighty, magnificent, and full of the impossible because nothing is impossible with God except for you to fail and do sin. You'll never do things that aren't good for us. And so we look forward to seeing your goodness, even in a famine, in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you want to sow into the ministry, just go to faithfireworldwide.com. We praise God for you, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.